Wow. You guys can be seated. Man, what a tremendous time we're having already. I am excited. Here we are in our final part of this message series, When Pigs Fly. I wonder what you were thinking when you even heard that title, When Pigs Fly. What's it going to have, like a pig on the screen? Well, I do have a pig on the screen. Okay. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know, what, what are we talking about really here with this? And that is a lot of times, you know, you say that or you hear that type of phrase, when pigs fly. Uh, typically when there is something that's just like impossible. Well, yeah, that'll happen when what? Pigs fly, right? Of course, there's other terminologies that some of you might use, but we're going to stick to that one on that. When pigs fly. So, um, what are we going to talk about today is this. We're going to talk about the miracle of provision, all right? So let's just be honest here for a minute. And this kind of goes for probably all of us in, in a sense, but have you ever had money issues? Look, look, some of you are like, Pastor, I'm just checked out now. Worship was great. I'm out of here. We'll see you next week, right? I'm going to give you a heads up. All right, we're going to get into a topic here that might be like, you know, uh, this is going to make me a little uncomfortable. Why? Because it's going to deal with one of the things that's probably, I hate to say this, but it is the truth, one of the most important items in your life. All right? It's one of those things that like, you know, you've got your kids attached to your heart. You've got your, you better have your spouse attached to your heart, right? You've got God attached to your heart, obviously, Oh, we're going to get into your financial aspect here and understanding provision, what God has for it. Some of you are like, Pastor, look, I brought a guest with me, and this is what you're going to talk about? Yeah, yeah, it's what we're going to get into today. And here is why, okay? The Bible is full of truth, and you can't just kind of pick and choose what you want. It's not a smorgasbord in the sense of I'm only going to pick what I want and discard what I don't. With the Bible, we've got to be going, hey, you know what, Lord, you've given it to us. You've given us direction. I got to take it all. I need it all. And, you know, a lot of times pastors are like, that's one area we just don't like to touch. Believe me, I get it. You know, it's not exactly fun standing here talking to you about what we're about to get into, and that is provision, what God provides, but what is our responsibility with it? So let's for example here, if you've got, ever had money issues, maybe you're no single parent trying to raise three kids, it seems like there's more month than there is money. All right? Uh, watch this. Uh, you know, maybe you, you have relatively a strong income and you're still working to make ends meet because expenses are high, paying debt, medical bills, student loans, right? Car payments. Stay checked in on this message. I'm telling you, it's gonna change your life. It can be very difficult in our culture today because money often seems really, really tight or even sometimes simply scarce. What I want to talk about in this message and help bring a word of encouragement as we're going to look at different stories throughout the scripture where God provided provision. The good news is that there are actually countless numbers of stories where people feared that they didn't have enough. If you're taking notes, this is your first bullet point. They feared that they didn't have enough, but the good news is this, that in every story of need, there is a miracle of provision. Now, 
We see that in scripture, but you can also see that in your personal life. I mean, I'm standing here, I'm looking across this crowd and I see people who have shelter, who have food, right? Who have clothes on your back, thank God, okay? But all throughout scripture, every time you see a story of need, you also see a story of provision. Over and over and over again in the gospels, watch this, thousands of people were hungry on the hillside. Jesus is giving a, a, a talk, he's ministering, he's teaching, and he's had these people there for a very, very long time. See, I'm, I'm not that long, okay? I mean, we'll break out the pastries if we have to, all right? But he's got these people on the hillside. He's there for a very long time. The disciples are like, hey, Lord, check this out. They're hungry. They've been here a long time. It's getting, it's getting late. You know, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, let's feed them. They're like, we ain't got no money for that. We can't do that. How in the world are we going to feed them? We don't have anything. And there comes this kid. He's got what? You know the story? Some bread, some fish. Jesus blesses it and says, here you go. Now pass it out. And they begin to pass out. What happened in there? There was a need. And what did God do? He brought provision. Now, for many of you who attend our Wednesday night Bible study, you're going to understand this story very well because we broke this down maybe three weeks ago about Elisha. And here the prophet Elisha, and, and he, he, uh, he's, he's friends with this other lady, and, and she comes up to him, and she's like, look, I've got a problem. I've got a need. My husband is dead. He's passed away. She's a younger woman, and she's got two boys, all right? And, and she says, look, my husband's dead. I, we don't, we're struggling. The creditors are coming after me, and they said they're going to take my kids. I'd have been like, here they are. You're going to bring them back, you know? But, but she comes to him and she says, look, here's what's going to happen. They're going to take my kids. I, I need something to happen here. And if you read in the scriptures, you'll understand this, that he goes, well, what do you got in your house? What do you have? And she says, well, I, I don't have anything. And he questions her again. He says, no, what do you have? And so the lady's like, well, you know what? I got a little bit. I got a jar with a tiny bit of olive oil in it. Now to us, olive oil, you can go to Fresh Pride. You can go to Food Lion, Walmart. You can get it pretty cheap. But back then, this was something of, very, of a lot of value. It was valuable to them. And so he looks at her and says, here's what you need to do. Get your sons and you, go throughout all the community, get as many jars as you possibly can, get them in your house, and begin to pour the oil in. What's amazing about that story is that the lady does exactly what uh, the prophet tells uh, her to do. It begins to pour a little bit of oil, and it, what, goes all throughout to the point of, she goes, we have no more jars to fill. He looks at her and says, great, now take what you've got and begin to sell it and pay your debt. Now, what is tremendous about that story is that again, it was an example of what? God providing provision. God doing something, all right? In every story of need, there's always a miraculous provision, you know? I, I read this story. You've probably heard this story before. I think I have too, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. There's a story of a woman who, uh, she's a single mom, always seemed to be struggling to make ends meet. But this woman deeply believed in God. She prayed out loud all the time, Jesus, I believe you're going to meet my needs. And the neighbors would hear it every day. And there was this one guy, there's always one person, isn't it? There's always one person in your life that you would just be like, Lord, just slap him upside the head, you know? Watch this. 
who, this guy who lives next door, who hated God, utterly hated God, it said. And the woman drove him crazy. So finally one day he said, you know what? I'm going to mess with this woman. So I'm going to go to the grocery store and buy some groceries. And that's what he did. He put three bags of groceries and then hid behind the door. When she came home, she saw the groceries on the front door, threw her hands up. Jesus, I knew you were going to meet my needs. He jumps out and he says, you fool, God didn't provide these groceries. I provided these groceries. God is not good. He doesn't exist. She looks at him, throws her hands up again and says, oh Jesus, you are even better than I thought. You provided for my, you provided for my needs and made the devil pay the bill. That's pretty cool. I wanna encourage you, you know, there's a scripture, Philippians chapter 4, 19. Paul gives some great news to the church in Philippi. He says this, and my God will meet, and here we go, we're all gonna say this together, all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ, who? Jesus. Do you know that your God is the giver of all good things? The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from him. You know, before this morning, before we dive right into the idea of God being a miraculous provider, we must acknowledge that something that we just saw in scripture, and that is this, that God promises to meet your need, and he's never promised, though, to provide for your want. That's where we get a little confused. That's where things get a little lopsided for us. He never promised to provide for the want. We tend to struggle with this, with this idea of God because we have misinterpreted this. And so we have a different type of expectation. How many of you know that there is a difference between what you need and what you want, right? For example, we need a house, we need shelter, we need something to live in, what we don't need is a farmhouse designed specifically by, watch this, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Y'all know what I'm talking about, HGTV people? You know, it's funny because here's what I do. I get, somewhere along the way, I think my wife suckered me into putting my email for HGTV, and so I get this dream house uh, thing come to me. Has anybody ever done that before? And I'm looking at it, it's like in Montana this year or something. It looks beautiful, and I'm like, yeah. Let's. I'm, I'm Lord Jesus, you're going to make that happen for me. No, that's not how it works. He promises to provide. He doesn't promise to give you all of your wants. So we're going to look at three principles of the miracles of God's provision. And here's the first one. When God guides, he always provides. Like God's not going to send you somewhere and not take care of you in it. He's not going to call you to do something and not give you the resources to fulfill it. That's, that's against his nature. That's against him. Isaiah 58, 11, this is a super rich verse. Check this out. It says, the Lord will guide you what? Always. He will satisfy your need in a sun-scorched land. Now, let me ask you this. I'm just going to throw it out there. Who needs God to do something in your life? Right? We all do. We need him to do the miraculous. Oftentimes, though, we think the miraculous is fulfilling a want. 
Typically, though, and honestly, if God is providing for your needs, if he's a God of provision and he's taking care of these things, he's fulfilling his duty. When everything around you is barren, the God of this universe is going to provide your needs when you are being simply this, led by him. When you're walking in sync with his will and his purpose, his provision will what? Always, 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 always. You get it? Can I not stress it enough? Always be there. God has never let you out to dry. He's never ignored you. He's never not made sure a need wasn't taken care of. It is impossible that God has provided your needs, yet you take the provision and spend it on the things that you want. Think about that. Watch this. Pastor, we've got a financial need. That's great. I understand. We all do, right? There's something we all need God to take care of. You know, I, you know we bought a, a house that we can't afford. Um, we're, we've got three car payments. You know, we've got... Uh, you know, we've, we, we're, we, we signed up for this luxury cruise. So I, I need God to do a miracle and provide. Well, maybe God has provided. You've just misused what God gave you in order to provide. Let's throw that back on us, right? Maybe we've just miscalculated, misappropriated, made really, really poor decisions. But you know what we do? God, this is your fault because you're not answering my prayer. God is saying, I've done I've answered your prayer. You've just misused with the resources that I have given you. Okay, let's check this out. Let's look in the Old Testament. There's a story, a man named Abraham, okay? And you might be familiar with this story, but here's this guy, Abraham, and he's got this lovely wife, Sarah. And, uh, you know, we understand that God gave Abraham a, pro a promise. He said, Abraham, this is what's going to happen. You are going to be the father of many nations. And it's going to come from your offspring. It's going to come from you. And so here they are. They're, they're probably, you know, waiting week out, day, day by day, right? Day after day. Then days turn into weeks. Weeks turn into probably months, months into years. Watch this. Years into decades. Some of us have been checked out after a week. But they held to the promise and continued to pray that God was going to what? Provide. So here they go, and they're, they're, they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and then the miraculous happens, and she becomes pregnant. They have this son. His name is Isaac. All is great. Everything's wonderful until one day God says, here's what I need you to do. Abraham, it's in your Bible. It's in Genesis. Read it. It's awesome. He says, here's what I need you to do. I need you to take you and your son, and I need you to do a sacrifice. Go up on that mountain, and you're going to sacrifice your son. Whoa. Time out. You just said, and you gave me a promise that I was going to be the father of many nations. Now you expect me to take my son, my only son in this matter, okay, in this promise that God gave him, understand that, and this is the son who the offspring is going to come from, and you want me to sacrifice him to you? This is me thinking, okay? Maybe not him. Maybe he was better than me. I guess he was. All right? And so instantly, we read in the scriptures that Abraham went to Sarah and began to discuss it with her. No, he didn't. No, he didn't at all, did he? The moment he received the word from God, the scripture tells us that he turns and he begins to do exactly what God told him to do. He didn't wait. He didn't discuss it with everyone else. 
he obeyed the voice and the command of God. He was obedient in that moment. You know, obedience is great, isn't it? When we are obedient to God, we are living in that purpose. We are living in that will. We are living in that plan. So here he goes, takes his son. They're going up, and the boy looks at him and says, Dad, where's, where's the sacrifice? Where, where, where's the sacrifice in this? Watch this, Genesis 22 and 8. He says, God himself will provide the lamb. So they're going up on the mountain, and he builds this altar courageously, faithfully. Abraham, what? Binds his son up and lays him on the altar. At this point, I would be going, God, anytime you want to intervene here, that would be great. In fact, the entire trip we're going up this mountain, I'd be like, God, 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 God. Change your mind. Let's do something different here. You know, how, how can this be? Why, Sarah's going, kill me when I come off this thing. You know, that type of mentality. So he goes and he gets up there and he binds his son and all of this stuff. And all of a sudden, as he takes the knife and he's drawing up, but watch this. If I was Isaac, what would I, I would have ran. I'd be like, dad, you're crazy. I'm out of here. You know what? We can learn a lot from this story. And I don't want to get too far into it because I'm going to get off my other point. We can learn a lot from this story in the sense of when God says and gives a promise, regardless of the direction that he sends you to fulfill that promise, you need to trust him. You need to trust God. He's got this thing planned. He's got this thing worked out. Don't fret over it. Don't, you know, don't get so worried all the time over everything. If God is leading it, understand this and be confident that he is going to see it through. So we understand that what? He takes the knife. He raises the knife up. Verse 13 of Genesis 22. Abraham looked up and over in the thicket, he sees a ram caught by its horns. How convenient, right? He went over and took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place that what? The Lord will provide. So what do we know? Abraham was fixed on accomplishing God's will in his life. He was fixed on it. He, you know, he answered his son before it even happened. He said those words, I know my God will what? Simply provide the lamb himself. We serve a God who gives provision. We serve a God who provides. I guarantee if I went through this room right now, almost every one of us can look back at a season or a time where God has reached down from heaven and just dropped in your lap exactly what you needed, maybe not necessarily what you wanted. Now, we often struggle with, unless we're being honest, is not being fixed on God, but we become fixated on what we lack, all right? If that's the lens that you're looking through in life, you're going to see what you describe as an unfaithful God, but we don't serve an unfaithful God. God is the one who is what? Guiding our lives. God is the one who is giving provision. That provision is always there. Now look, you're gonna have moments where you, you face fear, moments where you will stress out, but I want you to be confident in knowing that his provision is always there as long as simply this, you're allowing him to lead you and that you are being obedient when God guides. The second thing here is this, number two, God miraculously, you're gonna love this point, all right? You're gonna love it. God miraculously multiplies simply this, what is given. It is a, it is a miracle how God works this way. No, 
understand this, that sometimes God can do it all by himself. Know that. God can do whatever he wants all by himself. He really doesn't need us. Watch this. You know, um, for instance, with Jonah, he sent, what, single-handedly, this guy's drowning. He, I'm going to send a fish. It's going to swallow him up. You'll be fine. How about this? Sometimes the Israelites, they were, they were out in, in the wilderness. And, you know, they, every time I read about them, I get frustrated with them. Does anybody else ever feel that way sometimes, right? You, you read that story of, it's the only, only reason why we're frustrated is because we know what really happened and that God's providing. You know, if, if you looked at your story and we read your story, we'd probably get frustrated with you too, to be honest. So here they are, they're frustrated, right? And, and they're here in the wilderness and they're complaining, look, we ain't got no food. We don't have anything. You know, God, what, what's gonna happen here? You know, Moses, what, what, would you lead us out here to die? You know, we're gonna have starvation. So what do we know? God opens up and there's a Panera bread just drops down right in front of them, right? Bagels and all. Watch this, but they complain because there's no what? Thank you, cream cheese. That's how we act though in life, guys. We're praying for God to move. We're praying for God to do things, but yet we're not doing our part. And then when God does provide, we go, God, couldn't you done a little bit better? Couldn't the bank account be a little bit fatter? You know, couldn't, couldn't uh, you know, my, my kids, you know, be better and I don't have to get involved and give discipline? Hey, <laughs> I pray that one every day, you know? Think about it. We saw in these stories, you know, as I opened up the first one, the widow pours out the oil. When did the multiplication happen? Was it before she poured it or as she poured it? When did the loaves and fish multiply to feed the multitudes on the mountainside? Not before, as a little boy said, Jesus, you can have my lunch. But what? When they begin to serve it. When did Abraham become the father of many nations? Many believe the moment he was obedient in God's instruction. See, we have to do our part. Please hear me and understand this. Do not listen to the things that I'm saying as though this is a, a prosperity theology or a prosperity gospel in any way. You know, I'm not going to tell you to give a certain amount and then expect $100 when you get home. That's not, that's not about the scriptures. But it is about the scriptures of us being obedient and doing as we are supposed to do. What this is is a miracle of God multiplying in your life. And he's inviting you to be a part of the miracle. What do we know? Our God always miraculously multiplies what is given. Now watch this. Paul writes to the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, I read another version and it said it this way. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, that's multiplication happening, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he supplies the seed as you are sowing. So God multiplies it as we sow it, as we're giving it back. The principle goes all the way back to the tithe. 
Some believe that the tithe was a part of the Levitical law, but actually it happened 400 years prior with Abraham himself. And it was affirmed again in the New Testament with Jesus. You know, every Sunday we have an opportunity of worship through our tithing and our offerings. And what is a tithe? Well, a tithe is simply this. It's a tenth. That's what the scripture tells us. It's a tenth of what we bring in, we give back to God. God can do more with that 10% than you can do with the 90. I mean, you've heard that, you've heard all of this before. This is nothing new. But this is the part where people get really edgy and they're like, oh, checked out, I'm done, Pastor, we're good. We must be obedient and do our part. Look, we want God to provide, but yet we're not willing to be obedient. You know what, here's what we do. We have some spiritual disciplines within our lives. Spiritual disciplines such as this, reading God's word. Pastor, I can do that. I'm all about reading God's word. Spiritual disciplines as in prayer. Pastor, I can pray. I can do that. Absolutely. I'm all about praying. These are things that are not taking a lot from me. Maybe a little bit of time, but that's cool. I got plenty of it. And that's a good attitude. I get it. Another spiritual discipline that I throw at you guys is fasting. We participate in a fast every year as a church for 21 days. We just did it uh, about a month and a half ago or so. And I'm still hearing stories of how God is, watch this, providing. He's doing the miraculous in people's lives. But then another spiritual discipline that we have to have that scripture gives us is one of tithing, giving back what we're supposed to give back to God. God is the one who holds all the resource. He's got all the resource. Do you understand that? And what you have is not because you've earned it. It's because he's allowed you to receive it. You didn't bring it on yourself. God brought it to you. So a lot of times, here's what we'll do. And many of you might do this today, and I hope that you don't. But you could leave here and you can justify why you cannot do it. I can't afford to. You're right. You cannot afford not to. Oh, that's stretching, that's stretching me. I, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes we need to be stretched when it comes to God. We need to go beyond our comfort zone so God could come in and do the miraculous within your life. You say, Pastor, this is a prosperity. You're just trying to get more for the church. No, I'm not. I'm trying to get more for your life. I want God to provide. I want the windows of heaven to fall down. I want it to be what? Pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing in your life. Now, and for some of you, look, this is a brick wall. You're hitting up against it until you learn to what? Fully trust him. I mean, think of the story of Abraham. You know, God, why would you have asked him for Isaac? Was it God's will to take Isaac to take his son? No. It was, it was not his will for that. He wanted to see if what Abraham was going to be obedient. It's kind of the same test that's being thrown at you this morning. Are you going to be obedient? I, I know you, many of you might walk away from here and, and go, this is not exactly what I plan to hear today. I'm not coming here fully charged. I'm not coming out of here with a, I'm not encouraged and, whoo, pastor gave a good one today, you know? I've been challenged. I'm being stretched. There's times where we've all probably been our lives as a follower of a Christ and not being obedient in this directive that God gives us. And watch this, when we're not obedient in that, we're really robbing ourselves from what God has for our lives. 
I want you to have all that God wants for your life. God wants you to know that when you truly get to the point of putting him first in every area, now you're ready to carry the weight of his calling on your life. You know, watch this. Sometimes people do this, you know. Well, it's Sunday. We got paid on Friday. Let me do the budget. And this is what we got left over to give God. Thank God God doesn't treat us that way. Thank God God doesn't go, well, do I have time to really deal with them today? Let me see what I have left over. Thank God uh, he doesn't look at us and go, do they really need provision today? Let me see what I have left over. No. What is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be the first fruit. The first of it is supposed to go to God, not what is remaining or left over. Not too many amens, but that's cool. Watch this. Every time you give, here's what you're doing. You're sowing a seed. God multiplies it to change the eternity of, watch this, possibly someone else. Number one, thought number one, we had this. When God guides, he always provides. God miraculously multiplies what is given, right? Secondly, what, you know, we understand that as secondly, God multiplies always what is given. In other words, what you keep is all you have, but what you give God multiplies. Let me say that again. What you keep is all you have. But what you give to God, it increases. It multiplies. Do you remember that story with David that we talked about uh, three weeks ago, I think it was? We talked about David and, and, and how he faced Goliath. And he took that sword, remember? And, and he chopped Goliath's head off and, and raised it up kind of like, ooh, it's a trophy, you know? And he took all of Goliath's armor. He took all of Goliath's things, but... He didn't take the sword. He gave the sword back to God. And then when David was in the thick of it, when he was in the worst circumstance up to that point in his life, we know that he went to the tabernacle and he went to the priest and he said, we need food. The priest said, the only food I have is what we use, what we do here as a communion. I have the, the, the communion bread, so to speak. And so he feeds him with that. And then he asks this one question, well, do you, do you have a sword? I need a sword. I need something. And the priest looks back at him and says, well, the only thing I have was Goliath's sword. The very thing that he first gave, are you following me? He gave it. And then when the need really came, he was able to go back. And what did God do? God provided. Do you see this? Do you see how this works? Thirdly, you might be a part of God's miraculous provision. You might be an answer to someone else's prayer. Paul told the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 9, 11, the next verse, he said, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Do you realize that when God miraculously provides for your life, when you're being obedient and you're doing the things that you need to do, that your generosity could then go back and be an encouragement to someone else? How can you give to people when you don't have yourself? 
How can you do that? You can't. But when we are taking what God has given us and given back according to the scriptures, God uses it, multiplies it, brings it back as a sowed seed. The harvest is plentiful now. And then what are we able to do? That shakedown, right? Or that press together, shakedown, all that good stuff. And then what running over? The running over is in, implies affecting everyone else's life around you. I don't want God's blessing just for you. I want it for your family. I want it for your friendships. I want it for your coworkers. I want it for those that you're surrounded with. God is wanting to blossom through you and make an impact in other people's lives. So sometimes the generosity, you being faithful in your giving is simply so others can be blessed because of it. Now, if you are in need, scripture says this, and my God will what? Meet all of your needs according to the riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. I want you to stand with me this morning. My prayer today, I understand as a pastor, it's, it's my responsibility to teach you, to give you God's word, to give you the direction. But after that, the responsibility falls into your lap. You have obligations. You have decisions to make. And, and this one becomes a hard one for many people. Many families struggle with this of giving back to God what belongs to God. You know, we'll often, we'll find ways to justify our actions in our mind. Well, I, you know what? I, God doesn't know the, the, the problems that I'm going through financially. Oh, he does. He knows. He's gonna take care of you. God is a God who provides. Look, I've been in situations where it's been tight and I'm not doing this to boast. I'm doing this to show how God is so faithful. But God, you know what? You're still gonna get yours because that's what scripture tells me and that's what I'm supposed to do. So God, I'm gonna give it to you regardless of everything else and I'm gonna trust you, Lord. Because remember this, faith. Do you have faith in this God? Because not doing this is showing that you don't trust him. It's showing that you don't have faith that he can do the provision you're showing him that he doesn't have the faith or you don't have the faith that he is gonna take care of the need. I serve a God who takes care of my needs. I serve a God who loves me. I serve a God who provides. His provision may not always match up to my want. I'm still taken care of. I challenge to you this morning and I'm not gonna do a, a, a raise a hand or a, come down to the floor because this is a, this is a heart thing right now. This is a situation between you and God or your spouse and God. Getting in line with his word, getting in line with his direction. But you know, all of this really doesn't mean a whole lot if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life. This isn't one of them salvation messages but I still believe that God works and moves. 
challenges people to the place of, you know what, I want to be a part of this provision. I want to be a part, because things have been rough, and I've not been a follower of a Christ, and, and I want to be a part of that provision that God does and promises that he will do. So I want you to close your eyes, and I want to ask this question this morning. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is as your Lord and Savior, and you want to make that commitment today. Today is a day of salvation for you. Today is a day that the ultimate provision is provided. Watch this. Today is a day that a want can actually be taken care of that lines up with an eternity in heaven. But if that's you in this place today and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I just want you to slip up your hand. Today's the day of salvation for you. I see that hand. I love it. I love it. I see those hands, those hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You can put them down. Here's what I want us to do. Encouragement, man. I want you to do this enthusiastically. I want you to do this with the abundance out of your heart, with every part of your being. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, today I commit my life to you. Save me. Forgive me of my sin. May I be reborn in your spirit. Lead me, Lord. Guide me. Take care of me. Father, I ask this morning for your provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome. Now, now here comes your part, because in my opinion, which my opinion doesn't matter, it's only God's anyway, that everybody in here is a follower of Christ. And watch this, we all make stupid financial choices. We do. We make really bad choices financially, almost daily. But you know what? God is still providing. And here's my challenge. If you're not living what the word says to do when it comes to his provision or when it comes to what our obligation is financially, I pray today that that changes. I pray in your heart that God's dealing with you on that. And, and you know what? You want more from God than you want from your job. You want more from God than you want from your relationship. You want more from God. You know, and this is a challenge. This is something that can be hard for us, but it doesn't have to be. Sometimes it's that what? First step, that first moment. So my prayer today, and it's gonna be for all of you, whether you're a tither or you're not a tither, you're not fulfilling the obedience that you need to do according to God's word, my prayer today is that changes from this moment forward. Let's pray. Father, we love you. I thank you, Father, for your church. I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you for this series. Lord, you have challenged us. And today, God, has definitely been a challenging word. It's been challenging for me to even uh, address this. But God, I know, Lord, that it is appropriate because your word says so. So today, Father, my prayer, God, is that we can be obedient to not just part of your word, but all of your word. It's not enough, God, just to take bits and pieces of it that we agree with and then others that we go, well, maybe another time. There's no time like right now. So my prayer today, God, is that for all of us here, that we would be obedient to your word, 
understanding, God, that you are a God who provides. And Lord, if there's a, a need in this room, this afternoon, this morning, I pray for that need right now. Because God, you are a God of provision. We see it all throughout scripture. We've experienced it in our own lives. Lord, I've seen it in this church where one minute we don't know how we're gonna do it, the next minute, boom, there it is. God, you provide. Whatever the need is right now in that family or those families or that single parent or that widow or widowed, Father, right now I pray and I ask provision over that life. Provide for those people and let them know, Father, that it was your hand that moved and not anyone else. God, we place this in your hands right now. But God, we thank you that we're here today. We thank you for this awesome time of worship and gathering communion and your word. And as we leave this place today, may we be encouraged because Lord, you're doing great things in the lives of your people. I stand here as a pastor amazed and I look out these crowds every week and how they're growing. And I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for your provision. I thank you, Lord, for your abundance. And so God, for every person here today, as they leave here, bless their lives, their relationships, their marriages. God, their children, their jobs, their friendships. God, do awesome things, Father. And Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. amen. We love you.